0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Father, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you for your grace and for your presence and for your Holy Spirit that is here today. Just pray, Father, that your spirit would be present here, to minister, to heal and to set us free today. We love you, Lord God. Father we've gathered to celebrate the coming of Christ. And I pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would come in our midst even this morning, Lord God, and touch each and every one of our lives. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Come against every distraction, every work of the enemy in Jesus' name, every doubt and fear. Let there be freedom. Let your gifts be in operation even as I share today. Lord God, I pray and I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hasn't it been good to worship the Lord? Amen. So good to have you in church on Christmas morning. Uh, I've entitled this message uh, this morning, What I Want uh, for Christmas. Um, One of the things we do at Christmas is uh, we give each other uh, gifts, and um, hopefully you've got some already or you might get some during the day. Um, Often what we have is a list of things that we would uh, want for Christmas. We have kind of a list of the kinds of things that we might want to get uh, for uh, Christmas. But there's a really big difference between what we want... And what we need. I wonder if you could make a list of what you want for Christmas, what would be on your list? Um, for some it might be quite simple, it might be a better job, a new career path, There might be a spouse, a baby. For others it might be something a little deeper, a breakthrough of some kind, that your depression would lift, that you would experience some peace despite everything that's happening in your life, uh, that, that might be what you would want on your Christmas list. Jesus came some 2,000 years ago, not just to give us what we want. He came to give us what we need. That's what I want to briefly speak about this morning as we reflect on why Jesus came. And to do that, we're going to look at a familiar story in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, It's the healing of the paralytic, as we've already seen uh, on, on the screen So just to give you a bit of background, uh, the Bible says one day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law uh, were sitting there. They'd come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And Jesus was in the home teaching and the house was filled with a crowd. So much so uh, that you couldn't actually get in uh, to the house. Now, this is not a normal crowd as you kind of saw Uh, In the images, uh, there were the Pharisees, the religious elite, the teachers of the law. You saw them in their garb. Uh, They weren't there to learn from Jesus. They were there to trap Jesus. They were looking for ways to discredit Jesus. And no doubt, word began to spread that Jesus was teaching in this particular house. The Bible says some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him uh, on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. It's a great story. It's a a powerful story. We have this guy who's paralyzed. He can't move, uh, but his friends uh, hear that Jesus is teaching in a house. They've heard about the miracles that Jesus has done. And so they come up with a plan uh, to bring him to Jesus. Except when they get to the house, it's full and they can't get him in to see Jesus. So they, they look at their options and they kind of see that there's a bit of a, a hole in the roof. And uh, they think to themselves, well, I know what we can do. We can lower him through the hole in the roof and bring him right to the feet of Jesus. It's people of faith. Uh, Our goal is never to get people to change religion or to convert people or to change people. That People think that that's what we're trying to do. Our goal ultimately is to bring people to Jesus and let him do the rest. Because Jesus is the one that makes the difference. Religion can't change anybody. A church can't change anybody per se. It's only Jesus that can change and transform the human heart. Story continues and the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith... He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, we need to do a bit of a time out here and just kind of, you know, just do a pause in the story. Uh, Here's this guy that's clearly paralyzed. What what do you think would have been on his uh, Christmas list? What do you think would have been on his wish list, his want list? I imagine he would have said, I just simply want to walk. Notice what Jesus said. He said, friends, your sins are forgiven. How strange is that? I mean, couldn't Jesus see that this guy was paralyzed? Couldn't Jesus see that he couldn't walk? Couldn't Jesus see what was going on in this situation? Was Jesus having a bad day? Question is this, why did Jesus say your sins are forgiven? Let me give you a uh, a few quick thoughts on this. Um, The first reason may be because healing is temporary, but the consequences of sin are eternal. In other words, healing is just for this life on earth, but the sin has eternal consequences. And so Jesus addresses this particular thing first. Jesus one time said in a parable, and what would what what would you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? In other words, the soul has greater value because it's eternal. And God is more interested in the eternal than he is in the temporary. And what this man may have wanted was physical healing or, or a physical transformation, but what he really needed was spiritual healing. And Jesus, seeing this particular man, he doesn't address, address the physical first. The first thing he addresses is the spiritual healing in his life. What we may want is all kinds of things. We may have all kinds of things on our Christmas want list. But what we need more than anything else is spiritual healing. It's the healing of the soul, it's the healing of the spirit. Second reason why I think Jesus may have dealt with the sin is because sin is destructive. Think of all the problems in the world at the moment. At the core of it is sin. Problem in the world is not poverty, it's greed. Uh, poverty is a consequence of the sin of greed it's because some people want everything there is enough food in the world to feed everybody there's enough money in the world for for everybody to be extremely wealthy but because of greed a big portion of the world's population is living in poverty problem is not uh, in the world is not the threat of war it's power and control And at the core of power control is the sin of pride. I want more than you have. I want to be number one. Anybody here want to be number one? No one really wants to serve. I mean, if you're honest with yourself, no one really wants to serve. Everybody wants to be, you know, the boss, you know? Yes? Not at Life Christian Center. You guys are humble and beautiful. Beautiful. At the core of a lot of the issues in the world is actually sin. So often what tears families apart is selfishness, it's stubbornness, it's pride, it's sin. And here's the thought. We can easily judge the world or leaders or world leaders and look at the sin in their lives. Or we could see the sin in other people. But the reality is that same sin is actually inside all of our hearts. That same greed that we see in in certain people all over the world. Actually, that greed is inside all of us because we just want just that little bit more. You know, we just want that. If we just had another room in the house, it could make all the difference. If it could just upgrade our car, it could it could it could change our lives. Selfishness, pride, control. If you're not sure about it, then um, just look at. Look at the road. Look at, look at how people drive. I mean, I mean, all you do at times is someone, you make a mistake in the road or you cut in front of someone and, and they go ballistic because you entered into their space. The reality is this, that same sin that we so easily see in everybody else, it's actually inside all of us. And the question is, how do we deal with it? How can, how can we change the sin or the, the nature that's inside all of us? And there's only one way, and that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ when we accept Jesus Christ as our lord and savior he transforms our heart i love this scripture look what it says and god says i will give you a new heart and i will put a new spirit in you i will take out your stony stubborn heart and give you a tender responsive heart the only one that can change the human heart is a is a relationship with jesus christ What this man may have wanted was physical healing and what he may have wanted was physical transformation. But what Jesus gave him was a heart transformation, which is far more powerful. Paul says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. And that's the miracle of salvation. Third reason why Jesus may have dealt with the sin first is because he needed salvation. When the angel spoke to Joseph about the birth of Jesus, he said, she will give birth to a son and you to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their their sins. Of all the things the angel could have said, he could have said, and and, and you to give him the name Jesus for he's going to come and he's going to bring people joy. He's going to come and he's going to restore peace and he will give hope. But Jesus came to do all of those things. But the first thing the angel says, that the reason why Jesus came, he came to save us from our sin. He came to deal with the sin that's inside each and every one of our lives. The question is, why is that so important? It's important because it's the sin that will prevent us from having a relationship with God. It's the sin that will prevent us from knowing God. It's the sin that will prevent us from spending eternity with God. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. What it's saying there is, it's saying that the consequences of sin is not not just speaking about death, physical death. The consequences of sin are eternal separation from God. It's separation from God. The thing that's going to stop us from having a relationship with God, it's sin and all of us need to deal with that. But I love that verse because it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin is what is going to separate us from God, but God gives us a gift through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And through him, our relationship with God can be restored. Greatest thing that we need in life is to have peace with God. And the only way that we can have peace with God is by dealing with the sin that's inside all of our lives. Again, it's so easy to see the sin in everybody else's life. But the reality is all of us have sinned. All of us have sinned in some way. And all all of us need to deal with that in one way or another. Justice requires that the sin be atoned for. Either we pay it ourselves or someone else pays for it. But, but, But justice requires that the sin is dealt with in some way or another. If you get a parking fine, uh, uh, you're going to have to pay for that fine. If, if it's either you pay for it or someone else pays for it. But that, that parking fine is going to need to be paid. Amen. A few people might have got parking fines this, over these last few days. But here's the good news. Jesus came some 2,000 years ago and he lived a sinless life. He died on a cross and three days later he rose from the dead. He paid the price for our sin. He died on that cross taking the penalty of our sin. And all we need to do now is accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now we can excuse sin, we can blame someone else for the sin, we can deny the reality of that. But the the reality is that all of us have to deal with sin in one way or another. And the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the moment we accept the gift of salvation, we experience peace with God and more than that, assurance of eternal life. Jesus sees this paralytic man and the first thing he says to him, he says, your sins are forgiven because if there's one thing he needed and we need, it's to deal with the sin in our lives. That's why Jesus came some 2,000 years ago. The story continues and says, Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, well, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he says to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on and went home Praising God. I love the story because Jesus first deals with what this man needed and then he deals with his want. Jesus is first and foremost interested in our soul, in the deepest part of us, the eternal part of our lives, but he is also interested in our wants. He's the God that wants to bless us. He's the God that wants to give us our heart's desire. He's the God that wants us to experience joy. That's the kind of God that he is. Jesus said, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy shall be complete. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's what God wants to do. God does want to give us the desires of our heart. He wants us to be happy. It's, it's, the, the Bible, is, God is referred to as our father. And like any parent, nothing gives a parent greater joy than to see their children happy. And God, as our Father, is the same. Nothing gives him greater joy than to see us happy. And so Jesus invites us to ask. And he says, ask and you shall receive so that your joy may be complete. So Jesus says to this paralyzed man, he says, get up, take your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on. And went home praising God. Can you imagine the joy on this man's life? Can you imagine the emotions that he was experiencing? One of the reasons why Christ came is he wants us to experience joy. He wants you to experience joy. He invites us to bring our desires to him. Some people think that God is in heaven and he, he delights in seeing us miserable. That God is just angry waiting to sort of beat us over the head. That's not the God that we serve. He's the God that first and foremost deals with what we need, but he also is the God that wants to bless us by giving us the desires of our heart. There's one other verse in the story that really blesses me. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there and they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the Bible says, and the power of the Lord... Was with Jesus to heal the sick. And my prayer has been, as I've been reflecting on this message today, is that the power of the Lord would be present here to minister to you and to me. Uh, this man was paralyzed and he needed healing. It's very clear, um, very obvious he needed healing. But the reality is, there's more than one way to be sick and there's more than one way to be paralyzed. We can be paralysed by fear. We can be paralysed by depression. We can be paralysed by the past, by addictions, by relational challenges. We can have all kinds of situations in our lives that cripple us. Situations where we feel like there is no hope, no way out, no way through. This is going to be my lot for the rest of my life. And Maybe that's how you feel today. That's you today. I want you to know that the greatest thing that we can do is is come to Jesus. Whatever our situations are, whatever it is that we're going through, the greatest thing that we can do is just come to Jesus. Come to the feet of Jesus. Because He's the only one that can transform us. He's the only one that can transform the human heart. I want to pray for you in just a few moments. But before I do that, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You see, the first step in experiencing the grace of God is to surrender our life to Jesus. To allow God to deal with the sin in our lives. To allow Jesus Christ to be the Savior of our life. Question is, how do we do that? The first thing that we need to do is acknowledge the reality of the sin that's inside of all of our lives. We need to acknowledge the reality Oh, Pastor Joe, but I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person. The person I'm sitting next to, now they're a bit of a worry, but I'm, I'm a good person. The first thing that we need to do is acknowledge the reality that no one is perfect. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means all of us. Some greater, some lesser, we all have sinned and we need to acknowledge the reality of that. That's, 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 that's where salvation begins. Then we need to believe that Jesus came and He died on a cross and He, and he, and he, he took the punishment that we should have received. And finally, we need to confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. Some people say, Pastor John, what do I need to do to to be saved? Some people think if I do more good works, then God is going to be impressed and and, and then I'm going to be able to be okay with God. That thought is nowhere in the Bible. If, If our good works could save us, then Jesus had no need to come. God would have just said, hey, make sure you do more good things than you do bad things and she'll be right. The reality is our good works could never atone for our sin. Jesus came and He paid the price for us. And all we need to do to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is confess Him as the Savior of our life. The Bible says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So first I want to invite you to to pray a simple prayer with me today. Would you stand with me? Maybe there's someone here today and you've never ever given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe your life is riddled with guilt and shame. I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus Christ. That The the first step to restoration of of our hearts, of our lives, begins with the restoration of the soul, begins with the restoration of the spirit. So I'd like every eye closed and every head bowed. And maybe there's someone here today, you've never ever given your life to Jesus Christ and you'd like to do that today. And Pastor Joe, what do I actually need to do? We're going to pray a simple prayer that invites Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our life. And I want to include you in that prayer. But before we do that, I just want you to acknowledge and say, Yes, yeah, I want, I want, Pastor Joe, I want you to include me in this prayer. And if that's you, all I'd like you to do is just lift your hand and say, Joe, Pastor Joe, just include me in this particular prayer. So while every eye is closed, every head is bowed. And if that's you, all I want you to do is just raise your hand and put it right back down. And, uh, and I'll be including you in this particular prayer. Thank you. Yep, down the back there. Thank you so much. Yes, on the side here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, just over here on the, on the side. That's right. Just put your hand back up and put it right down. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have to deal with that sin that's inside of our lives. That's the primary reason why Jesus came. And when we do that, the outflow of that, the consequences of that, is we experience peace and we experience joy. Is there someone else just quickly before we pray? So I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me and and those of you that lifted your hand, just mean this with all your heart. Or maybe there's some people you didn't have the courage to lift your hand. Pray this prayer from your heart. Because if you do, it has the capacity to transform your lives. Lord, I give my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you by faith. As my Lord and Saviour. Help me to live for you and to be everything you want me to be in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray for those that have lifted their hand. I pray for those who may be searching, wondering. I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would, you would, you would minister to them so that they would get a greater revelation of who you are and what you want to do in their hearts and lives. I thank you that you're the God that saves us. I thank you for the miracle of salvation, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that each of us would experience that even today. Text continues and says, the Spirit of the Lord was present to heal the sick. And I want to pray for the Spirit of the Lord would we'll be present this morning to minister to each and every one of us. And I want to pray for you because I believe that God wants to minister not to us not just what we need, but also what we want. And I just wonder, there might be some people who are saying, Pastor Joe, I've been going through a really tough time and I just, I just need God to move in my life. You might not be paralyzed physically, but, but emotionally they might be paralyzed. You might be paralyzed by, by fear or anxiety, depression, Issues from the past, certain addictions, whatever it is that is paralyzing you, I want to pray for you because I want to believe that the Spirit of the Lord would be present here today to minister to you and to me. That the Spirit of the Lord would be present here today to open doors that, that don't seem to be opened. And so again, if while all our eyes are uh, closed every head bowed if you'd like me to include you in this prayer all i want you to do is just just lift your hand up and say pastor joe just pray for me because i'm just going through a really tough time right now thank you just put your hand right up and right back down again thank you thank you thank you is there somebody else yes beautiful thank you thank you Is there somebody else thank you father i just thank you for your word I thank you that the same spirit that was present in that room on that day is here present amongst us today. I thank you that you're here with your presence, Lord God. And I thank you that you're here to minister and to speak to us, Lord God. Father, I just pray that you'd sweep across this congregation, Lord God. That lives would be changed and transformed. That not only we would experience the miracle of salvation, but we would, all exp- we would also experience the power, of your grace and mercy upon our lives. Just minister to every individual here today, I pray. Those that have raised their hand, Father, that need a miracle from you. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name, let your grace be released, Lord God, I pray. Let virtue be released in the name of Jesus. Let something change. Let something shift in the name of Jesus. We bind every spirit of fear and doubt in Jesus' name. Let there be freedom, Lord God. And today as we go from this place, may we experience the joy and peace Of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, may we experience the hope and the grace and the love of God in our hearts today, we pray. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.